Hey, everybody, this is Courtney Kibblewhite with the Northern News Network, and I got to be your guest host for Voices of Montana, where we continued to go beyond the weather and talked about how people are really doing within small rural communities of Montana. We focused specifically on Sweetgrass County, where Amber Martinson Blake is the founder and executive director of Catalyst for Change. Amber recruited former Sheriff Dan Tronrude, also a, a rancher in Sweetgrass County, to be the first community health officer there and then created a model that's expanded beyond Sweetgrass County to Wheatland County. We had Bill Wallace, local county commissioner in Sweetgrass County, also talk about how they brought the program from being a grant-funded program actually into the county program. And this this is not your fly-by-the-night program. Catalyst for Change is the real deal, creating change from within the community. You're going to want to listen to this. Grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. I'm so excited this morning to uh, talk to my friend Amber Martinson-Blake, who has started this organization called Catalyst for Change. Uh, Amber is originally from Helena. Her family homesteaded in the Wolf Point area over 100 years ago, and her and her husband currently live in Big Timber with their seven-month-old son, Glenn. And Amber started this organization, Catalyst for Change, really to um, to start helping people connect to resources in rural Montana. So Amber, tell us a little bit more about um, how Catalyst for Change got started. Awesome. Thank you, Courtney. Um, Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, Again, my name is Amber Martinson-Blake, and I'm the founder and executive director for Catalyst for Change. Um, It's a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, We bring mental health services to individuals and communities all across the state um, through telehealth, and it really started um, with a program that we had started at the high school that when I was finishing my practicum for my master's in social work. And um, we had screened some of our high school students and found that um, 33% of them had seriously contemplated suicide and 19% had attempted one or more times. So um, as so we tra- that's what, 33% in a high school? How big is Big Timber High School? About 150, give or take, depending on the wow. year. Wow. Yeah. So 40, 50 students there had seriously mm-hmm. thought about suicide. Another mm-hmm. 20 or 30 had actually attempted. 19. 19. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. So as we started the program, we, um, we kind of were trying to find services to help these kids um, start to feel better, get therapy, psychiatry, and um, we found it was quite difficult in these small towns. Um, a lot of times the, the students and the parents were being asked to take off work and school and um, drive to the nearby towns like Bozeman or Billings um, with long wait times. And uh, it was pretty expensive with gas, um, taking time off from work and hurting the kids academically. So through telehealth, we've been able to help some of those kids. Um, and you've got, I mean, you think about adolescence is just a tough time anyways. It's one of those populations that we always have concerns for their mental health and they've got a lot going on. Did you see any other trends for mental health challenges in your community? Is, is, was there a need beyond students or was it just primarily at the school? No, it's definitely in the whole town. I think a lot of it is just, um, I think with the need, it's, you, you have people, you got kind of the stigma, people aren't really talking about their feelings, mm-hmm. um, let alone to some stranger on a, on a t- uh, computer screen. So um, trying to just help people um, not really uh, be working in that crisis window. So a lot of times you see people just law enforcement coming in and working with crisis and there wasn't a lot of preventative care or follow-up care. It was quite limited. Um, and, and that's kind of really our focus is to focus on that preventative and follow-up care um, as we see that saving lives and communities resources. 
And lucky for us, we've got actually a former member of the law enforcement in Big Timber on the line today, uh, Dan Tronrood, who was a, a sheriff there for over 20 years and actually had to had to deal with these cases where, and I'm not sure the process, but we'll bring Dan in to tell us what, what happens when a parent calls and says, you know, I've, I've caught my student attempting suicide or I... Or I have somebody in my family with a with a suicide issue. So let's bring on uh, on let's bring on Dan and um, Amber. Why don't Why don't I let you introduce Dan and how sure. he got involved? <laughs> sure. So yeah, Dan and I have been working together for many years now, um, and it did start with his background in law enforcement. And when he did retire, um, he was so passionate about this program that he decided to start kind of figuring this out with me and working with me. So Dan, I'll let you take it from there, kind of. Where we where we started. Welcome to Voices of Montana, Dan Tronrood from Big Timber. How you doing, Dan? Good, really good. Thanks, Courtney. Um, yeah, as, as Amber said, for many years I've I've worked with uh, mental health. Um, by default, law enforcement in small communities uh, becomes the individual that gets called for mental health uh, issues, and I always called it patrol car therapy. <laughs> Basically, you picked up the individual uh, that the complaint come in or you found, and you transported that individual in crisis to either Billings Crisis Center, the the um, Billings Clinic, uh, we've gone to Bozeman, wherever, and trying to get that person some help. Um, but what we found out is we were going from uh, crisis to crisis to crisis with that same person and not really doing any justice uh, to the individual themselves and, and helping them um, with their mental wellness. Um, so play that the, out for us, Dan. So someone is, am I, am I correct that somebody calls 911 and that's how, how the, the sheriff would get involved in a mental health case? The majority of it was 911. We would occasionally get calls from family members. Um, you know, it could be somebody off the interstate that stopped at a gas station or something like that. So you really never knew uh, what you were going to uh, respond to. And um, the, the, as I said, the frustrating deal was not being able to help those individuals other than take them uh, down to Billings and get them through the crisis side of things. And then they would be released from the facility there with a recommendation to see other uh, individuals, but they were usually in billings. And trying to get that done was almost impossible. Um, so then comes along uh, Catalyst for Change in our program here, where we can help those individuals get the services they need in their home community without having to travel. And the best part of it is that we can then do some preventative uh, measures so that we can get those individuals into therapy, psychiatry, um, whatever they need before it hits to the crisis side. So I, you know, I, from a outsider's perspective, I look at somebody that, you know, has ended up calling, calling 911 for, for an emergency. And I mean, I think about that term mental health, mental wellness. What does that mean? Is that somebody in a, in a state where they have attempted suicide? Is that somebody on drugs? Maybe it's any and all of the above, but or maybe you have a specific example where you could kind of break it down for us. What, what, what exactly would you be dealing with when you when you pick somebody up for patrol car therapy, as you uh, so cleverly put it? You you really never knew. Um, majority 
of the individuals that we dealt with were self-medicating, um, usually with illegal drugs, alcohol, uh, those kind of things. So it's really tough to find out the major problem until you can get those individuals sobered up or off whatever they're on um, and then try to come up with it. The other side of the deal that as far as the mental wellness is the general citizens that are suffering from depression, anxiety, uh, those issues that, as you were saying, you know, cap prices are down. You had to buy a lot of feed. Um, you know, stores, snowstorms took a lot of your livestock. Those are the, the people that we want to reach out to and be able to communicate with and tell them that if they have an issue or they need some help, we're here. And so that's why we have really reached out through the Crazy Mountain Stock Growers, the Farm Bureau, Extension Services, um, to try to get out into the rural parts of our community to let those individuals know that, that we are here and it's, it's not a, a issue of stigma that they need to come in and be ashamed of. It's no different than somebody trying to be treated for diabetes. Um, you go to counseling, you find out what foods you can eat. You might take some medication, but you can move on with your life in a normal manner. Um, it just takes that first step to be able to get in there and, and talk to somebody. Well, and I think about that, too, because so many of us, myself included, I've been on an antidepressant for many, many years, and my mind or body, whatever chemistry, operates better that way, and my thoughts don't get as as dark when when I'm on my medication, but... You know, there there really are so many people that just kind of need that outside perspective. And I mean, you brought up um, agriculture too. I understand you've got a, a many generation family ranch as well. That's correct. We we have a ranch in in Melville. We've been there for I think my grandson's the fifth generation now. So my youngest son is taking care of it most of the time now, and and uh, we move forward. So yeah, it's it's nice to see the next generation coming up. Uh, but it's a tough, tough deal for any anybody in this business, basically, to say, uh, I'm going to take this on, I'm going to make a living, and I'm going to enjoy it uh, without your neighbors coming over and saying, hey, can I help you? Is there anything else I can do for you? It's that communication that um, is, is huge. And one of the, the communication processes is, are you doing okay? Um, you know, is there something I can do for you? Is there some place that I can help you go? Because we all suffer those those down days. Uh, anybody that's been in law enforcement or emergency services as long as I have, if you don't have PTSD, it's strange. And so that's that's the big deal is to let people know that we're here and that we can take those referrals from either hospitals, uh, mental health centers, churches, food banks, um, or individual neighbors, can I bring my friend in? And we're gonna we're gonna get to um, get to more on this organization Catalyst for Change that Amber Martinson Blake uh, started and is the executive director of. We have her on as well. But Dan, we'll we'll get to that after the break. Dan, I'm curious. You know, Big Timber is an hour from Billings, an hour from Bozeman. Many people who are listening probably think, "Ha, you have a luxury of being only an hour away from a a, a major center." But tell us if you're you know, if you're off in Wolf Point or you're in, in some other distant part of Montana, is that is that what a law enforcement 
person would do as well if they get that call? Are they going to end up driving somebody somewhere across the state? Or or do you have any knowledge of um, how other sheriffs in rural um, Montana are affected? Sure. I used to be on the Montana Sheriff's and Peace Officers Board for the state. We talked about this always because, as you said, I've got a luxury. You know, I'm an hour down uh, usually takes an officer four hours to go down and come back and get uh, an individual in for treatment this close. Dan, we're going to pause right there. We'll be right back after the break to hear the end of this question. Stay with us. Montana, there's no place else like it. The vibe is different here. At Stockman Bank, we get it. This is our home, too. Our focus is on Montana and only Montana. As Montana's largest privately held family-owned bank, we put you, our customers, and communities at the center of all we do. So when you're looking for a local, homegrown Montana bank, look no further. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Member FDIC. Before we left the break, Dan, I asked you about um, about how folks in other parts of the state or what, what law enforcement does when they receive a a call on someone who's in crisis over mental health issues and, and what are the challenges they face in other rural parts of the state? Well, yes, it's, as, as you said, we're kind of lucky being this close to uh, a crisis intervention spot down in Billings, but you can imagine in Glasgow, Mild City, Plentywood, wherever, um, they have to transport to whatever crisis center they have. It may be a different hospital. It may be something else. Uh, But it is a time-consuming and very expensive um, process. And to a certain extent, it it helps the the patient that day, but does not um, keep them from going into crisis. And that's where Cattles for Change works for us is we can then uh, have those individuals prior to their crisis uh, come in and and get some help where there is no um, mental health center in in their town or anywhere close. Uh, They can do it at their home. They can do it in, you know, the community health worker's office, wherever they can get hooked up with a phone and uh, maybe internet, um, we can get them into uh, treatment and help. Well, let's let's jump to Catalyst for Change specifically. The it's a brainchild of Amber Martinson Blake here. Um, Amber, share with us. You mentioned you um, went to the schools. You you got this astounding mental health data on on people in schools. Law enforcement is obviously seeing many mental health challenges. Um, so, what did you do? Tell us what is Catalyst for Change and and how did that come about? Yeah. So we um, we really at the school. I was finishing my practicum for my master's in social work. And as I was helping uh, kind of work with the guidance counselor there, we were working with numerous kids that were just constantly kind of in crisis. We were seeing it every day, and I have worked in mental health centers. Um, and, and the work that we were, I was seeing the, the guidance counselor do was a lot of therapy, basically. Which is not what they're trained for. Right, okay. right. I mean, and it wasn't by choice. I mean, it was very informal. Right. right. And so here I jumped in and was helping her, and I was there many hours each week. Um, and we, the two of us, weren't enough. Mm-hmm. And so we started kind of outsourcing some of these services through telehealth. We have a telehealth room at the high school and we have in Catalyst Network, we have about 40 different telehealth providers, both psychiatrists and therapists who can see kids at the school. And then later what we started seeing were um, 
it kind of migrated to the parents and the adults. They started wanting like some services too. So um, we were able to connect both the kids um, at the school. And then we've got other telehealth rooms in town as well so that the adults can start receiving services. Um, and our program was really, really housed at the school in the beginning and has migrated since to the county commission building. Um, our county commissioners um, saw this program. It was grant funded. And so they, when we knew the grant cycle was running out, they said, you know, we're not letting this program go anywhere. We want to see how we can keep this going. And um, that's where we have our county commissioner, Bill Wallace, today here to kind of talk about some of that, I think. Fantastic. Yeah. And I think one of the really interesting things about this program, and as I've kind of been been studying this mental health crisis across our state, is is how you've been able to bring in law enforcement, healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's not one group, you mm-hmm. know, only. It's a, it's a joint effort. So, and yeah. I- I think that's why it's community health work is we're really focused in the community. Um, and so it's a community effort and the community health worker is very key because they're this trusted individual that people, people can turn to and know, they know their face, they know their name. And that person's really the link between the telehealth services of these outside professionals that could be housed anywhere in the state and the clients that need help in town. They're, they're much more comfortable working with our community health workers versus just going and doing their own telehealth services on their own. Right. So let's bring up Bill Wallace, who's county commissioner in Sweetgrass County. Bill, were you a commissioner when uh, Amber first started this idea of Catalyst for Change, or how did you learn about it? Yeah. So, yes, I was. Uh, actually, this my thing probably started because of my granddaughter, who was one of the students we were talking about with the uh, suicidal tendencies and and possible attempts. Um, and we knew that our county lacked sufficient mental health resources. Uh, I'm the only commissioner left here now that was there when we started this. Um, so we 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 often only saw options for individuals in crisis, as Dan said, and or who were court mandated to come to our large mental health center resource, uh, which is really tough because that's more. You know, they don't have a full-time therapist. We haven't had a full-time counselor in town forever until this program came along. And so this left the entire community in need of prevention and follow-up care uh, with very limited options, like Amber said. Um, And so in the county, we saw people getting some mental health services they needed when we started the program with the grants and and. Um, then it kind of morphed, like uh, Amber said, we didn't want to lose it. And Dan, so we decided to bring it in house and we formed uh, a department, per se, so we could actually budget for some monies along with the grants to keep it going, especially that first year. And, and now the, I think the grants are pretty much, well, I think they're available, but we haven't got one right this moment. But uh, so we brought it in house so we could mill a little money and keep, keep it going. And, um, you know, my favorite part of the program is that it's ours as a county, and we get to decide what services of catalysts we use, Dan does, and it's been very effective. We've got, like Amber said and Dan both, that, you know, we it started in the high school, my daughter, granddaughter being one of them, um, and it did. It did bring turn around, and subsequently, they're seeing a lot of parents getting services who probably would have never done anything if their child hadn't uh, 
seeked out some services from the counselors at the high school. Well, when we come back, let's talk more about how the extended community is accessing mental health resources for Catalyst for Change. And later on in the program, we're also going to talk about how you can bring a program like Catalyst for Change to your community. So continue to listen in. I'd like to go ahead and at this point thank the Arthur M. Blank Family Foundation and its Montana-based Ambi West Philanthropies. This is an organization committed to reducing stigma around mental health and enhancing the quality of life for all Montanans. We'll be right back with Voices of Montana. Bill, you said that um, the the program started with a grant, but then it sounded like you said that the county opted to continue and put a line item in your budget to support a community health worker in your community. How, how did that happen? Well, because we saw it working, and me specifically, because of the high school kids, and uh, well, we knew that Dan was on the mental health board trust board anyway and uh we knew that third the third cycle we weren't getting anything and i think that's where we with the three we and then we had two new commissioners that came on board and was introduced to amber's program and we all felt really strong that we needed to have this service in town and it's very unique uh nobody as she said nobody else has it but the us two counties right now and it seems to be something that um is really, I, I think it will grow. I really do because it's home based. It's it's local. And well, I have you know, to be the skeptic here. Like. Whenever I hear somebody saying, "Oh, let's raise services," I'm thinking about what how much how much you're going to raise my taxes. So, did you have to have a levy to to pay for the position? Oh no, no, we didn't have to have a levy. I mean, it's we just built an, uh, another department within the budget and just milled. And, you know, if we would, I'll just make it short. If we'd had two or three leftover mills, that is what funded this program and has been. And we haven't had to ask for any more mills or anything, no. Wow. So, and Amber, how did you? We're not, high, we're, not, we're not the ones paying for the psychiatrists and all those things that Amber said that you have access to through telemed, which I think is a big deal. Right. So, so then how do, you know, somebody... Uh, gets in touch with the program, and then they get connected to a mental health worker. How do, Who figures out all the, you know, sometimes it's just figuring out the insurance, who to call, what provider. How, how do they figure that out? What we do. So we help them um, just get their insurance information uh, filled out, and they, it's as if we just brought that person into their clinic. And then they see these therapists and psychiatrists as if they were in the same location. Wow, that's 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 amazing to be able to have, have somebody willing to do that and, and support the, the rest of the community like that. Um, when we come back, we're going to hear more about how this program extended beyond Sweetgrass County and into Wheatland County. This is Voices of Montana on the Northern News Network. When you work the land, you know out there in some far corner of a field, there's an old steel fence post that has your number. And that's when you should have ours. We're your certified Firestone Farm Tire dealer. And when you need service, give us a call. We're specially trained and equipped to handle all your on-farm, in-field tire repair and replacement needs. Firestone and Tirerama, the leader in the field. Only at your local Montana and Wyoming Tirerama store. I guess the big question is, with any program... Is it working? And what's the evidence of the success? Uh, I've got Amber Martinson-Blake here. Amber, the 
program was started two and a half years ago. What? Tell us some of the the results. How, sure. What are you hearing? Yeah. So it started in the spring of 2018, and since then we've served over 350 uh, people, both in Sweetgrass and now in Wheatland County as well. Um, of those of those people, we have about 50 people in each county that are still enrolled in therapy and psychiatry every week. Um, Wheatland came a little bit later. Um, we started in, in Sweetgrass and then decided to see if this could work in another county. So that's where our county commission and through a COVID grant through DPHHS, we were able to help kind of support Wheatland and, and get their program off the ground. And um, our commissioners were talking to their commissioners. And um, Bill, I don't know if you want to speak to a little bit of that. Yeah, Bill. We've got Bill Wallace, a Sweetgrass County Commissioner. Bill, did you work with those uh, Wheatland County Commissioners and when they were thinking about bringing Catalyst for Change for their community? Well, yeah, we did. So I sat on the Mental Health Center board with a, a commissioner from Wheatland, and I had been telling him how we were trying to start a program to be in addition to the Mental Health Center, not in place of. There, you know, that's the difference between micro and macro, I guess. But uh, so we brought them in and um, visit with them. And Amber and our our finance officer had already been doing the DPHHS grant, so she was pretty familiar with it. So we we brought that in house and we helped them run our, that grant through us. And I think it it helped them get it up and going. They have a really good Dan up there, <laughs> a community health worker up there, and uh, seems to be working pretty good for them. I, I haven't heard any negatives anyway. So you brought up a great point there. You mentioned the area health medical center, mental health centers. Explain the difference to people. What, what, what's the difference here between, a? Um, I believe there's five or six regions of area mental health centers throughout the state, but this is a completely grassroots in an individual mm-hmm. county program. Right. Right. Yeah. So the, so, you, you go, go Bill. Ahead. You go. go ahead, Amber. <laughs> So the uh, the regional mental health centers are, are housed in what you called the Big Seven earlier, and they serve these different areas. Um, we are um, really big proponents of kind of working around some of the services you see in these small towns that they provide. And um, that's where, you know, housing it local so that the local people can kind of decide how they want to, you know, improve or um, fill in gaps that they're seeing um, in those areas. And one of those things would be, you know, I think primary target for some of those regional mental health centers is, uh, court mandated individuals and um, and then you know coming to billions for crisis and so again our focus is really preventative care and um, just trying to improve that access for people who are really just looking um, to improve their mental health uh, in that way so well before we learn more about Wheatland County I understand we've got a, uh, a comment from Lisa in Mile City who's perhaps uh, accessed mental health services before Lisa good morning oh good morning and um, thank you for your service Nobody does this kind of work for the money because you're really helping to save lives. I've been suicidal in the past, and the mental health system has kept me safe. Um, I've, I'll just tell you what happens with people with suicide. You literally feel like you can't survive in this world. You see the world the way it is. You just have don't have the resources, the ability to survive in it. But I have a friend. She's uh, she has MS, so she has limited mobility. 
uh, now mostly in her legs and hands. She's pretty much bedridden, but she's my be- been my friend for a long time, and she's a social worker, and she uh, tells me things like, look in the mirror in, t- in your eye and say, I am capable. And so I just wanted to share that with you. I'm not suicidal anymore, and I'm grateful. I feel good not to feel like you um, can't make it in the world. Um, but with all these networks, like what you're doing, if they get help, if we help each other, it, it's a success story. Absolutely. I really appreciate your comment, Lisa. And I, I know many people have struggled at one point or another in our life. Life is just hard. And it's not new that life's hard. It's not that drought is hard for people this year. It's It's been hard for people throughout history and, in you know, every part of the world, every climate. And it's our minds are a really powerful thing. But at the same time, our minds can be very challenging. So thank you, Lisa, for your, your comments. I want to want to bring it back here and 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 emphasize what Lisa said there on appreciation for health workers whether it's you know somebody like Dan who's uh, connecting people to services or you know therapists themselves that's a tough that's a tough uh, tough position to be listening and you know not taking on someone else's challenges uh Dan how how, how are you able to to get up every day and you know you're you're working with folks that you know, may or may or may not be having a really challenging time. How do you, how do you balance that? Well, with me, I just look at it is if if they need help and they they have the determination to come in and and talk to me, we're going to make sure that that, that happens. And uh, as sheriff or in this job, most of the time nobody comes in on their best day. Nobody comes into the office and said, this is the best day I've ever had. Um, so you have to be prepared for um, that, and you have to be willing to uh, help. You might have to do some research for them. You might have to get on the computer and be able to access those services because they they aren't going to stay for three hours or four hours on the phone um, talking to an agency trying to get help. So. Um, that's how I balance it is, is at the end of the day, you've helped people. And, and that's, that's been my, my goal. Well, and I think Lisa said something else important there of, of talking about, um, about the thoughts, you know, how even repeating something as simple as I am capable or I am strong can be important. If, if you've been in a position where you are suicidal or in a dark place, you may be repeating some really negative, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm just awful thoughts that um, need to be challenged. And, and certainly I, I would say that uh, if, if that's the case, then should somebody reach out to an organization like uh, Catalyst for Change or Amber, where would, where would you point somebody that's thinking, you know what, I've, I've had a lot of those dark thoughts and not enough of the good ones. Absolutely. I mean, if the person is actively having those thoughts, we always are recommending that they go to their local emergency room um, just so that you're not alone with that and we can make sure to keep you safe. Um, you know, if it's something that's feeling less active or like something they can kind of um, grip outside of that, if they're not really in the crisis window, they can always go to catalystforchange.org. Um, they can also email us at info at catalystforchange.org. Um, and, and they can find our information there and always contact us and we can set them up with someone. Awesome. So let's let's continue talking about what, Amber, what did you see or why did you see Wheatland County as a um, is a great starting point for the second edition, if you will, of, of Catalyst for Change. Because one thing that struck me is you're saying, you know what, I I don't have the solution for every community. I, I saw 
what my community needed, and mm-hmm. you've created a model that has now extended to Wheatland County. So why mm-hmm. was why was Wheatland County a good uh, melting place for this? Yeah, you know, I think they're our neighbors, and they're north of us, and they're not right on the I-90 corridor like we are. So, um, you know, they're even more disadvantaged than we are. Um, and we, we did know, just because we do have relatives and friends there, that their services were very, very similar to ours as far as not being um, sufficient uh, as far as getting ahead of some of the stuff. So it was very easy for us to choose to go there. And is the program there, is it also within a school? Is it housed at the county? It's housed at the county, and our, our community health worker there, uh, Brianna, she uh, works in the schools and with the hospitals, and she's, um, yeah, the county commission budgeted for this, and um, she's been very, very busy up there. So, um, yeah, the program there has been interesting in that it's it's definitely moved a lot quicker than it did in Sweetgrass. I think there was more momentum kind of picking it up where we had it going in Sweetgrass, and so it was moving quicker. And then, again, they're a little more disadvantaged. They don't quite have the resources that we do, and they have a greater need. And yet they still were able to find, again, some some money in the budget to support Brianna's position. Yes. And we continue to help both of the programs find grants. So anytime we see grants out there, um, we're always trying to help find extra money. That that's an important point because you think about that seems like it could be an incredible burden to a county to just Absolutely. come up with that initial funding. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about how the funding aspect works. Um, you know, I think that's more like as far as the budget and the county, um, the county budgets go. That's that's more a bill question. But I know like the grants are just a nice buffer, and they, you know, we're working with DPHHS or finding federal grants, state grants, working with the universities um, to try to find um, any money that we can that would apply toward this this program. That's awesome. So I hope that people out there are hearing that, that uh, you reach out to Catalyst for Change if this is something that you need in your community and they can help you get started, help you get connected to that funding. Um, There's no reason not to uh, go ahead and make that change in your community. We'll be back with more on Catalyst for Change, but uh, before we do so, don't let setting up a 401k for your business feel like a never-ending marathon. Learn how to provide a high-quality retirement program for your employees through Montana Retirement Choices Program, and they can help you get to the finished line. That's Montana Retirement Choices. Learn more at montanachamber.com. At American National, what's important to you is important to us. Don't you deserve an insurance plan custom fit to meet your specific needs? American National offers flexible farm and ranch policies with customizable package options to help protect your livestock. We are right by your side, ready to help protect what matters most to you. For more information and to connect with a local American National agent, just visit an.insure slash northwest. American National Property and Casualty Company and Affiliates, Springfield, Missouri. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about, and I've, I've heard with, with different mental health centers, even with different federally funded or grant programs, you often have a program come in, it's well-funded, and then bam, it's gone overnight because, quite simply, the funding isn't there. So, Dan, tell us why this is different. Well, with this program... It it started out with grant funding. I was nine years on the board for Montana Mental Health Trust, and we saw a lot of, of these programs come in, and as soon as the grant funding went, they went. And with this one, it uh, has built a rapport with the communities, built a rapport with the commissioners um, to where uh, this one is is sustaining itself uh, and and moving forward actually and and gaining ground where we haven't seen that in the past um, so that's that's the 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 best part of this program is that it came in uh, grant funded to start has been taken over uh, by the county and is continuing on 
That's that's really incredible. You know, I, I think it's just incredible. We're, we're such a every part of our state is so different in every community, different challenges. And so it's great to see something really driven by the community. But but Amber, what you've done is create a model that can be lent to fit for different communities. Yeah. So where where do you see this going next? It's you've had a catalyst for change in Sweetgrass County and Wheatland County. What communities do you think are an ideal you know, nesting ground for catalyst for change? Yeah, you know, our primary focus is really on the uh, really rural areas of Montana, the kind of places that are often forgotten and don't have many resources um, and few people in them. And they're few and far, or, you know, they're far away. Um, so those are those are the places that kind of hold the soft spot in our heart. Um, that we really want to go to and help. And it's, you know, even though we focus on community and we do build and roll out um, an entire community health worker program, we also do serve individuals. Um, And so if you are someone who is struggling and you don't know where to go, you don't know who to turn to, you can always contact us at catalystforchange.org or email us. Um, We also have our number on the the site there. So um, just just knowing, uh, we want people to know that you're not alone, you're not forgotten. If you have a phone, if you have an internet connection, we can we can reach you. And isn't that the powerful part of this is <sighs> Catalyst is, is connected to the community, each community being so different in their needs. And, uh, you know, like Dan being the community health worker in his area, Brianna Mernian in, um, in Wheatland County, those people know, they know everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes that's a... That's a, that's a wonderful joy to have events where you know everyone, but at the same time, that becomes really scary, too, because mm-hmm. what if things are different on the inside than people appear on the outside? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the big part, um, our community health workers are trained to kind of see some of these things, and, and then, again, they have a unique understanding of that community. So as we go to other communities, we're never going to go in and say, hey, we know what your community needs, because we don't. We need, to, we need to find out and talk to the people who live there. And see what they have to say and, you know, help them figure out what their greatest needs are, what they think they need, because they know better than we do. And we just help them access some of those services and provide them with resources that we know they otherwise don't have. What would you say, Amber, to, to anyone out there who thinks, you know, maybe that's my community. I've, I, maybe I've got a kid in high school and I've, I've seen that um, our high school really can't support mental health challenges or we don't, we don't have a therapist or the obstacle to get to, um, to get to mental health care is so far away. What would you encourage them as the next step? To reach out to us. Okay. Yeah. Um, we would love to help them figure out what resources they do have and um, how we can fill in any gaps that they're seeing. And give them access to our provider network. And I guess I would have to, I've thought to thank you very much, Amber Blake, for being on with us from Catalyst for Change. We've also had Dan Tronrood, also a community health worker with Catalyst for Change. And then, uh, and then Bill Wallace as well, County Commissioner with Sweetgrass County. We appreciate you guys coming on here and, and sharing your story and, and hopefully really helping to eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health. You know, it's, we have access to, you know, world-class education and training from the comfort of our homes now with all of this telecommunication. And there's no reason why, um, why we shouldn't fine-tune our mental tool and, and keep it as productive as we can. So I want to thank again Arthur M. Blank Family Foundation and its Montana-based AMB West Philanthropies who are committed to reducing mental health stigma and enhancing the quality of life for all Montanans. I hope you have a great Monday, everyone. Start the week off well.